0: Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That is one more time. P o d g o dot c o, podgo dot co.
1: The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
2: What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ
0: Styles. You're listening to the Two-Man
1: Power Trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? we ready to go, or what?
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> the first thing we did. bongo, <laughs> and we put on a decent one there. That's the first thing we do. With us, with us this evening, we have someone special. But I did not want to bring. Oh, excuse me, Roddy, you handsome devil. <laughs> I did not want to bring him out right away. His name is Ted. Our CD. And what this gentleman is, he is the strongest power lifter ever, ever, ever in the history. He has bench pressed. 750 pounds, I want to bring him out. Hey, Dennis, how are you, Good to see you Look at this, man. I know so much about you. Oh, yeah. About me, I have seen you on the cover. Look, how do you like this? I've got to get one like this. I, one. I have seen you on the cover of Iron Man. Uh, uh, What'd you say? What are those humanoids out there? Were they bothered? Don't let them bother you. They have never done what you have done. You see, you have been on the cover of Iron Man, you have been on the I cover of. the USA. Oh, man, I got your bench press routine. On be- oh page 13, I go right by that, brother. It's great. I, I, be- I bench press, you know. Oh, I know you bench press 500. Do yeah. ah, you do yeah. that? <laughs> all right I, the- right. I want to show you something. Uh, first of all, I want to show you. Take a look at the bo- Could you play baseball with that or what? Take a look at the tricep on this, all man. That you're talking about, you could shoe horses with that. Show them, show them how strong you are. I want you to show them how strong. No humans got this. No way, brother. Show them how strong you are. Come on, warm up. warm up. warm up. Come Hey, Spubby, will you? Get brother. Spubby. Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready? Little chop. Go! All right! All right,
2: Ken! Beautiful!
0: All right, we are good to go as long as you are ready.
2: Okay. Fire away!
0: All right, joining us on
2: the line right
0: now is a former WWF superstar. He's a record-breaking powerlifter. He's a former world-class Texas heavyweight champion. He's, of course, the world's strongest man, Ted Arcidi. Mr. Arcidi, welcome to Two Man Power Trip. How you doing today?
2: How you doing, Johnny? Good to be here, man.
0: It's awesome to be able to get you on. You are the world's strongest man. You've got a signing coming up for a captain's corner. You'll be doing a virtual signing. What do you think about these virtual signings? I mean, it's it's kind of a wave of the future here for wrestling. Yeah,
2: I think it's kind of weird, but, you know, with this COVID shit and everything, you got to do what you got to do. It's still a connection to the fan, and that's important, especially in this day and age. You know, they're stuck, barreled up in their, in their back rooms, in their houses, and they uh, – they need some relief, you know? So it's good for them to connect to a legend now and then, you know?
0: Absolutely. That is true. Now, what have you been up to lately? What's been going on in your world? Well, I've been uh, doing some acting. Um,
2: I was just on uh, Ray Donovan. I had a guest star role in that. And that was about six months ago. I think they're showing it now. And I finished up production on a couple independent films. And still uh, auditioning now for pilot season. On top of that, I got my real estate business and I have a store here in Manchester, New Hampshire, weightlifting store, as a matter of fact. And uh, we're doing very well selling home gyms and you know weight sets and stuff because a lot of people now want to train at home. They don't want to deal
0: with going to the gyms. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. yeah, I'm sure that business has been booming. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, but it sucks. So uh, I got a lot of friends in the acting business, and these guys—they were living out of New York, and they did not know what they're gonna do. Same thing with LA. A lot of productions are on hold. They're only using the people that were in the season before. So you know, getting getting auditions and actually going to the office for casting calls and uh, you know, auditions and. Dealing with the casting directors, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard for them. And then they can't work at restaurants anymore because they're all closed down. You know, the, the ad is the starving actor. You know, they, they work uh, in the uh, restaurant businesses. That's that's not even an occurrence
0: now. Yeah, good point. It is very, very crazy and tough world out there. How did you get into the acting world? Because I, I know you've been in, in a bunch of different things, but how did you kind of get in? When I get out of wrestling,
2: um, tail end of my powerlifting career, you know the joints were taking a beating. When when you when you're working out, and if your warm up weight is is killing you, it's time to get out because your joints just degrade. You just can't do it forever, you know. And I'm I uh, I had a decent career, so I get into something else. I wanted to get. I always wanted to get into acting because I talked to some of the guys in the in the business. From, from wrestling, and, and they mentioned, you know, get, get your SAG card. Take classes, you know. And I did that up in Boston back in, where did I start? Like 98, 99. And uh, I just worked locally, you know, non-union stuff. Did a, lot of, a shitload of uh, student films and uh, a lot of free work but you just get better at it because I always wanted to do it. You know, it's entertainment
0: and uh, you don't have to put your body in the line like with wrestling. Yeah, very true. Do you think it was an easy transition from wrestling to acting?
2: Acting and TV and film is a very, very cool medium. So you had to bring it down. It's more real life, real life stuff. Uh, not that wrestling isn't, but, you know, you, it's not over the top as much, you know, more subtlety involved. But j- basically, it's just being comfortable in front of the camera and just, uh, you know, looking at him, looking at the camera straight in the eye and telling the truth, how you feel. And, yeah, it
0: came to me pretty good because, I don't know, I guess I had a character in me already, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost like wrestling helped even further bring that character. I think you. so.
2: I mean, it all comes down to life experiences, John. I, I see a lot of new actors, even older actors. They just don't got it. Uh, they're not convincing because they haven't really dug deep into their past experiences, life experiences,
0: uh,
2: failing, uh, you know, different types of physicalities and stuff that you can draw from. And I think that really helped the wrestling, the powerlifting, being in competitive uh, spirit and, and competition and then dealing and uh, expounding my uh, my talent when I was wrestling every night and doing interviews. you just get better and better at it and uh, it just takes it cuts away through all the
0: bullshit so you 're not really prepping you 're just being you you know when you were on like Ray Donovan and stuff, was that just like a really cool experience, or was oh, it? Oh yeah. yeah, was it was just good. one of those things where it you, you know you just love doing that? Yeah, I, I do it
2: for nothing. I do all acting for nothing. It's just such a great medium. Um, the money's great, but uh, I don't do it for the money. It was real easy on the set. It's like you belong there, you know. Uh, you you do a bunch of takes. You run it different ways. You get a good director Eddie Bianchi. He's he was the director for uh, for my day and um, got two or three scenes. And we were we were there all day, but it was fun. And it was kind of sucked leaving because uh, we just had a lot of fun, a lot of different ways to run it. You know, run the script, run your pot, uh, and then there was blocking and. Uh, I get wailed on at the end of the scene with a baseball bat, so physicality was important, too, and and that was good. That and,
0: you're,
2: and you're used to that. Yeah, yeah, I actually broke the friggin' bat. It was a plastic bat, uh, and I was being uh, beat on. I was first verbalizing and uh, verbally abusing a, a young Ray Donovan, and uh, then it, he came back into my place, and we had it out, and he ended up grabbing a bat. My character, Ricky Ronson, I'm a collector's memorabilia sports guy. So I had Boston, this is like circa 1984, so I had Boston sports, Yastrzemski bats, jerseys, Pout and Fist stuff hanging in my wall, and I, I was dealing the stuff illegally too, so I was kind of like swarmy at the same time. And I owed him money, the young Ray Donovan, and uh, he grabs a bat in the middle of our conflict off the wall, and uh, proceeded to uh, to nail me with it. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, it's a, it's a prop back bat, and uh, it's plastic. But I I I said lay it in, man. We got to make
0: this thing look real, and he did, and he broke the bat in my lat. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty damn cool, though, because that's a pretty popular show. Of course, you know. I on think show it's time, one of the sure. best
2: shows out there. I really yep. do.
0: I I uh, I don't know if it's going to have a continuance
2: and stuff but I'd love to get on there as a reoccurring. But there's a lot of stuff coming up now with pilots. Pilot season's coming up so you know, we got
0: uh, we got some opportunity here which is good. Which is good. Are you allowed to say what else you're kind of out there auditioning for? Or is that one of those things you, you Yeah, a lot of interest. it's like on the
2: cuffs Uh series roles, um reoccurring roles, guest star roles some co-stars do where just you're in there for the day. And then there are some other, other stuff like untitled stuff they're doing in Boston. I'm based in New Hampshire, but I'll, I'll go to LA. I'll go to Boston, New York if I have to, but luckily that's not really luckily. I'd rather do auditions and and go in front of the uh, casting director directly in the room. That's, that's where you really show your stuff. So it's hard to, you only have two planes on a, on a self take, or when you're doing a uh, scene on take, and then they send it to uh, L.A. or New York, because I don't know, the real personality can't go through, you know, You'll, you that you want to see that fifth plane, that fourth plane. But yeah, a lot of it's untitled now because it, it's just it's in developments.
0: So, yeah. And what were some of the other roles that you were in already? Oh God, I've done a ton of commercials, Wednesday, Wendy's. Um, FedEx,
2: some sporting good stuff, and then I was on Law and Order a bunch, and then the um, bunch of different... I was on Equalizer 2. I was on um, that promo for Equalizer 2 with Denzel, which is good. I got more, That got more played than the actual movie, which is cool. And then... Um, Nurse Jackie's when she was around. Um, 30 Rock. Yeah, if they go to the IMDB page, they get the whole thing. I got like about 36, 40 credits. But it was good. I I started in Boston. Started out, no one starts out big. You know, you you start out small doing the non-union stuff and like I said, did a lot of free uh, student films. What's great about the student films is uh, you get to keep you're working with these students, and the stuff that you shoot during the day, the reels, you can, the dailies, you get to, you work it out with the director, you can keep your cuts, and you can edit, have them edited. And uh you, it was good to get those dailies so I can present a reel of my best stuff, you know, with stuff that was... uh not only student films, but stuff I did non-union, like commercials and some low-budget movies and stuff. And then I sent that to New York, and I get an agent right away, pretty much. But yeah, that, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, let me see this. Let me look online here.
0: With the acting thing, you know, you're obviously you know you're doing some stuff. When you go for roles, do they know like, hey, this was the world's strongest man, or hey, this is former WWE yeah, superstar? Do they that. know that? Um,
2: you funny you said that because they uh, they find out. And I don't tell them, like, when I'm at the audition. You know, I'm, I used to be a WWF wrestler, superstar, and world's strongest man. Let them find that out because you want to just go there bare bones for acting, you know. You may hear some background noise. I'm just going down in the elevator. But, uh, yeah. Um, and then it comes out on the set, you know. The director, the producer's. They'll stop and say, hey, guess who's with us today, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. But I'd rather let them find out themselves because it's the acting that counts. You know, you can't – they don't really care. They want to see the – they want to see the talent. They want to see if you can rock and roll,
0: you know? Yeah, they want to see what you can do now rather than what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as far as getting into the world of wrestling, get into the WWF, and obviously – famous power lifter, world record breaker and holder, and world's strongest man. How would you get yeah, into the so WWF?
2: Uh, so, yeah, how did I get in?
0: Yeah, to the WWF. Did I, obviously, well, yeah, know, I g- set the record.
2: G- I set the record at the Hawaii Internationals uh, back in 1985, and I always wanted to get into wrestling. And uh, I uh, I got called in by Vince and time from the NWA, for interviews. In
0: 85, you said NWA, Ted Turner's after you. Basically, Vince yeah. McMahon, NWA, yeah. after you.
2: Yeah, I was pretty tight with, uh, still I'm kind of with, uh, Tempeterra. Before, he knew I was going for the record. Uh, I'd see him at the garden and stuff, watch his matches. And, um, he knew I was going to get the record because it was pretty, I was pretty damn close. And, and, uh, got a call from Vince. I didn't want to let it deter me from not setting the record. So I didn't think about it until after I set the record. Then, then I had the opportunities. And then I had a meeting with Vince back when they had their uh, first office in Connecticut. And um, they put me through wrestling school, Tony Altamari's wrestling school in Orange, Connecticut. So that was cool. Only six months, so I kinda had to learn on the job too, because they wanted me on there so much right away because Peter at the time got canned. He was in the uh can because him and Sayuda they attacked that guy at uh, McDonalds there for a Big Mac or something.
0: Yes, yep. Yeah. Yeah, they got arrested and then fought the cops and yeah, it made made it Right, right,
2: yeah, and he had to do time for a while, but that, that helped me out because it was kinda like a clear way to get in the world's strongest man
0: there, you know crazy though only six months of training and then it's like training on the road or like uh, on the job training yeah
2: yeah so I just got more involved in matches
0: more and more
2: as I as I progressed there and then I turned heel I went away to turn heel down in
0: Texas and I think that's where I really came into play as a heel so even before you know you become a heel in Texas but the WWF and, you know, it's on the job training, and you basically you got to recruited in. You're the. And I was a babyface on, on, yep. in the WWE,
2: so to go heal. Vince wanted me to go heal,
0: so I went to Calgary,
2: spent a few months there. Then I went down to Texas, and then uh, I uh, I got I the strap down there. But I never went back to to Vince because uh, I don't know. I I my business was going well. My mail order business that I had advertised with Joe Weider, Muscle and Fitness, my uh, sports supplement business and stuff, I was doing well. And um, I ended up getting married, had a
0: kid early, so I just, just got out of it. With the time in the WWF, I think so many people will remember the LJN, the action figure. And oh, now, yeah, obviously. yeah. That was a great thing, man. That doll is a good light, likeness. Yeah. Isn't that really crazy? good likeness. All these years later, how popular it is? Because if you look down, no. I mean, I, every time I money.
2: go to these signings, they they come out with the dolls. I guess they're still making them. I don't know how they still get them in the package. You know, there must be like third and fourth rounds of manufacturing going on. But uh, that's cool. That's a nice thing. Are you nice shocked?
0: Novelty. Yeah. Are you shocked with like the popularity of them? Like at the time, that you know, it's kind of brand new, brand and new. They're going to make action figures.
2: Yeah. Now it's like. They're even
0: like with YouTube and the internet. It's even
2: more popular now. It's like oh. a second life. And then with the uh, with the acting, they they tied the two in. You know, so that's what's cool. Um, like tonight at the uh, the signing, the virtual signing, we'll be signing a wrestling thing. But I also sent them a headshot, an acting headshot too. I thought that'd be nice for them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty yeah. cool. I think that uh, a lot of those fans will definitely have that wrestling figure you know or have some old stuff because it's crazy that the the amount of them i wish i didn't sell them years ago i sold them all because i you know well, i have to say can you still
2: that. get them on the internet though
0: but i'd have to pay like double or triple what i sold it for. Oh, so yeah, it's like yeah. i'd end up losing money on the thing so yeah. I, I, it's almost like damn it i wish i would have just kept them
2: i've even seen some companies even remake them almost it's
0: a different looking doll but somehow they did it
2: you know now,
0: did you get a lot of money? Because Hillbilly Jim says, you know, he got like you know thousands upon thousands of dollars. Outback Jack says that he didn't get it because he didn't sign a good enough deal with them. But obviously, you know, they still made dollars. I you mean for my dolls or for the, my yeah. for wrestling? No, for the LJNs. For the, for the
2: LJN, I made about seventy-five grand on that.
0: Back then, that was oh. a shitload. Yeah. Wow, so everyone did clean up. So, yeah, the, the oh, popularity yeah. But just think, nuts.
2: though, I mean, and that was just so many pennies a doll or whatever. So they must have sold a shitload of dolls because I'd get this monthly audit report of how many they sold. And I look at the check and I'm thinking, wow, man, that that's insane what they sold. Because that was the thing at the time, those dolls, yeah.
0: And they were collector's items and they still are, yeah. Crazy, I remember me, all my friends, we all had like, Pretty much every single one, almost too. So, you know, like if we had them, then millions of other fans had them for sure. Yeah. And like getting the Outback Jacks and
2: the Ted Cd's, those are the rare ones. We're like the uh, Onus Wagners of our time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. What
0: did you think about like, that golden era of wrestling? Because that's what they call that era, basically. You know, the whole I, I was
2: so fortunate to, uh, to be on tour with Terry. And um, that's the golden goose, man. That's the golden goose. And uh, I thought the rivalries were simpler but better. It wasn't caught up with all this antiquated, you know, crap that you see today. It was, uh, I think it was more brutal. Um, And the matches were more appealing. They're more exciting, you know, today. But... I think the storylines kind of suck. A lot of young kids, like I wouldn't let my kids watch today's wrestling. I just, it's it's it's, uh, you know, with the sex and all that, and not that I'm opposed to that, but it's not
0: for a kid, you know. It's it's X-rated. There's a lot of X-rated stuff. It's not like it used to be. I mean, the, during the golden era, I mean, it was so good. Even mm. you're right. Even the simple storylines were great. Everything they did, everybody had a character. Everybody was larger than life. It was like, wow, these guys could really kick your ass if you looked at them. Or, you know, they could be like a hero. It was Mm. definitely a different time. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, I'm glad I was in that time.
0: I'm glad I was in that time. It was a good time. And it was like
2: overnight, you know. All of a sudden you're on, and everybody watched TV. Everybody watched wrestling back then. And it wasn't as diluted because there wasn't as many stations so everybody there was a cross feeding of, of observation of wrestling by all counts of people, you know, all walks of life. So I think per capita we probably had we had the most eyes,
0: we had the most exposure. I think so. Do you I totally agree. Do you remember back to WrestleMania two being in that battle royal with all the NFL guys too? Yeah, that was
2: awesome, man. That was really cool. And we had a rehearsal you know, the other night before that, whatever, it's just like a, what we're going to do and stuff. You know, talked it out. And uh, those guys, are, you know, they respected us and we respected them. That was Refrigerator Perry, Fralick, one of the Chicago beers. And, uh, yeah, I was in touch with a couple of those guys up to, for a while there. But, you know, everything, everybody gets distant, you know. But I thought that was that was great though. That was a great thing. It was a great showcase for me, man, being in a twenty man battle royal that's watched all over the world. The way Vince set that up, three different venues in one night. I was more in awe of the process.
0: Yeah, WrestleMania too was unbelievable. To be able to do it and shows you the popularity, to be able to sell out those three places and then put it on you know, closed circuit mm. and then the version of pay per view for back then and plus
2: international F- and then you had all the rights and all the uh, was on HBO and Showtime I mean yep it was damn good and then no, I, owe, go. I owe this to Vince Vince gave me an opportunity and it was uh it was it was great it was great and I just uh made sure that I did the right things and he the right persona and uh now between Vince and
0: and Terry Boulet they they uh, I was very happy to be on board very happy to be on board yeah, didn't think about n f l guys wanted to be a part of oh, yeah. the point oh yeah you know what i mean a lot, mean? They really a lot of them got rejected
2: in. a lot of them they just don't got the character they don't got the uh they don't got the panache you know you gotta yeah. you got have that going it's like Kazmaier. uh he wasn't he, he he's a good decent guy but you know he just i don't think he 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 had the character you know he could come across in an interview and stuff he just
0: you know, it just seemed kind of boring but yeah and you guys wrestled each other in Canada right
2: yeah 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 we tried to make it work up there and
0: uh it just didn't really
2: it didn't really work some some gimmicks sound good on paper and stuff but you know when the rubber hits the road if it don't if, if, it do, if it doesn't get over it doesn't get over you don't want to stink the house out you know and as you know Calgary was a great lab a great petri dish for coming up with gimmicks some gimmicks worked some didn't you know Worked for me as a as a heel up there, and then I went on to Texas, as you know. And uh, I, I love being a heel. I
0: still it's love so being in- a
2: heel on TV, too. It's so interesting. The guy. I did that movie The Family. I was a heel. I was one of the hitmen uh, going after De Niro. We filmed that
0: out in uh, France for about a month. That was awesome. Very cool. What's it like working with Robbie De Niro? It was super he
2: wasn't in a lot of my days because we were pursuing him, you know. I was one of the six uh, hitmen, and, you know, we had to go through training with guns and uh, running around and, and combat and things like that. And uh, the guy who gave me a the, the shot at the, a great... Great role out there. I was, I was Tommy. Was uh, Luke Besson? He's like the Spielberg of Europe. You know, he did all the Taken movies and stuff. So um, that was that was fantastic, though. And he's a good guy. He's, I was shooting the shit with him a lot, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones too. Great guy. Tommy Lee's a farmer. Did you know that he's a farmer down in Texas. He's got a farm. Oh, no, that's some, weird. Yeah, he was going to some. He went to some when we were out there. He went to. A farm equipment auction over there, and I think he might have gotten something. But you know, yeah, he's got—I don't know—he must have a few hundred acres or something. But but see, that's a nice thing. There's there's a, there's an adage right there. He has something else going besides the acting. Do something you love, you know. Do
0: something you love. Absolutely. Yeah, but he has
2: he had a great character in that movie
0: too. You know, down in Texas, it's interesting to look at, like, who you worked with and who you teamed with and stuff like that. And it's interesting to see Texas Red, a.k.a. The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Was, was he
2: my tag partner at one time or we opposite? I think he might have been my tag partner. Yeah,
0: he was your tag team partner, yep. Yeah, Texas Red. Yeah. Is he still doing it? He just retired as of November. Wow. So 30 years in the WWF. Wow. You know, we got another connection, too,
2: him and Percy Pringle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring him up, too. Yep. Yeah.
2: Great guy. Great guy. Very sad still to see that he passed. And um, he was, uh, he'd be connecting with me when I uh, got on TV or something from Texas. So that was cool because he he used to see me. He saw my transition going in there. I, let me see, He, he managed me. He managed Rick Rude. Yep. Uh, he managed Matt Bourne. Uh, we had a great we had a great angle with Matt Bourne. That's where I got the belt down there. And I really missed a lot, too. He passed. It was Gary Hart. Gary Hart really helped me out a ton. He calls you being a heel and stuff. And I had great, great matches when he was uh, – he had Al Perez in his stall. And Percy had me. And we took this thing all around the place, all around the Southwest. Al Perez – was a great worker, the Latin hot throb. I'm I'm surprised he didn't go to New York. I don't know if he went to New York and tried, but man, he was great. I I loved working with him. Really,
0: really good. Really
2: good guy. Have you yeah. heard what he's doing at all now, or what?
0: I know he still does signings periodically and stuff. He still looked not the same. He looks older, but he still looks in great shape. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, in,
0: even in WCW, didn't work out with him when he was in WCW.
2: I don't know if they gave him a good enough shot. I really don't know. I don't know. But he was on top, and he did well down in Texas. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, yeah. What was it like working with the, the Von Ericks down there?
2: That was good. That was really good. I worked against with Kevin, worked with Kerry, and uh, the Sportatorium, man. I, I was so part, so glad I was a part of that. The uh, legendary down there. I, I drove down there. I, I was down in that area for a shooting. And I drove by the sportatorium and uh, it's no longer there. It's a fucking parking lot. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up. And But there's one place that's still there that Bruiser Brody took me there when he was booking down there when I first flew down there uh, to get into uh world championship was Big Al's Barbecue. Big Al's you know how barbecues are prevalent. They're everywhere down there. And I went to Big Al's with him. And this is what he says. I mean, you can't find out now, but he says, Ted, I hired you because I saw the way you ate at Big Al's. You just wouldn't stop putting away. I knew you'd work out.
0: <laughs> so
2: I always had an affinity with uh, Bruiser. And um, I was really, really upset about what happened to him. Because uh, I was one of the few that just got to talk to him all the time. You know? And he wore a lot of hats there, too, being the booker. Running the angles and stuff, then working best caveman sucker routine ever with him, and he was he was talented and he was well built. he was the most awesome gimmick for a guy. He, that's why he made so much money overseas. He, he, he was phenomenal, his height, his stance, I mean, he's so friggin convincing.
0: He was a beast, for sure yeah. he was awesome yeah awesome wrestler too, yeah, oh yeah. Frank, goodish, right yeah. Is he the one that came up with the Mister Seven O Five when you were doing that that gimmick? That he, thing? you know, he might could have been Gary Hart.
2: Gary used to make me crack up on the uh, on the promos. <laughs> I get better at the promos. I had some real good promos, believe it or not, up in Calgary. There's still some of them floating around.
0: Yeah, you spent uh, a fair amount of time used, up there as well. I was
2: up there, you know, and you know, it was right after after Vince and. But yeah, I, uh, that it's so easy at those places you get freewheel too, you know. And that's yeah. where I got into like ad libbing, improvising. I think I think that 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 probably helped me carry over into acting.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. I I definitely definitely agree. What was Stu Hart like up there? Stu was a great guy. Stu
2: was a great guy. He liked to stretch you. He tried to get to me at stretch a couple of times, but I didn't fall for it. But he. Uh, <laughs> solid guy, you know, loved the business, loved his kids. I had dinner at his house almost every Sunday with the boys, so I felt that was very uh, fortunate to do that. I mean, we, we had a spread. We would have, you know, those chicken roasters you see rotating at like Whole Foods and stuff? He had one yeah. of those, like you see at a carnival, and there would be like six, seven chickens, and they would feed us in the hot living room or dining room, where all the pictures of the hats were. They had 13 kids. And I thought that I was very fortunate to experience that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty damn cool. And obviously, Stu is such a legend, and all of his kids, I mean, most of them became uh, big-time legends. In a bit. Oh, were yeah. you close with any of the Hart boys?
2: Uh, probably Brett I was pretty, very close
0: with. Um, while we
2: were on the road and stuff, uh, we traveled sometimes together. And Jim Nighthawk, huh? because he was a power lifter at first and great football player, too. Yep. So we had something in common. And um, yeah, even after uh, I, I, I stayed in touch with him a couple times, but he was really down to earth. I, I wasn't really connected with Owen that much, even though he was part of the crew, but I was more connected with Bert, Brett. Probably well, because of the trips, you know, we used to share rides and stuff. You know, yep. it's 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 very easy to get, um, you know, to get accustomed with someone when you're riding. You you talk about a lot of shit. You know,
0: were you a big partier at all?
2: Was I what?
0: A big partier, like a drinker and uh, all that kind of really. stuff. Not
2: really, not really. No, I, I, because I, I had to lift. That was my gimmick. So. That was my first and foremost thing to, to go there into a town, get the lifting done, then go home and, and relax until the match. No, I didn't really party too much. I didn't do the the, uh, the extreme stuff at all. I mean, I have a few beers here and there, but that was it. Because that was my gimmick. I, I, if I fucked that up, you know, my body, if I started looking like shit, there goes the world's strongest man, that doesn't help.
0: Yeah, that's true. What about like ribbing? Were you like a ripper and stuff? Did you like play no, like, jokes no. and stuff? No, I, really? I
2: kind of kept it myself. I mean, I'd laugh and stuff. Sometimes that can get crazy, you know. Owen did a lot of ribbing, and uh, I don't know.
0: I just, I just never into that. Yeah, you know? but I'd, I'd like to watch it. It's fun. Now, what about some guys you didn't get along with? I know there's a story, kind of Big John, Stud, and you maybe didn't get along. Maybe he stiffed you in a match. Actually, we
2: get along really good together,
0: Stud. Me and the... Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, and Volkov. And Stud was great, yeah. We had a great gimmick, Stud and I, at the Boston Garden. We took that all over uh, the area. Um, And in Australia, that's where I really got to know him more because I was on a tour with Australia with him. Prior to that winter, we went down there. But, uh, no, Stud was Stud was great, man. He respected me. We worked out a few times together. Man, he really is the consummate gentle giant. The consummate hey, gentle giant, yeah.
0: I guess that's always a rumor that's thrown out there, like, oh, he was stiff at the end of the match, but maybe it was just you guys were working so well together it's like the assumption that he was stiff at the end of the match. Yeah, not really.
2: No, no. And I'd get a little stiff with him, but, I mean, that's how it is. It's, it's back and forth. You want to make it look real. But no, there was no animosity ever. I mean, the guy was great, and um, he thanked me, and I thanked him, and and he would like he would, he would like take me through the match too, just to make sure, so it made, he made it look real. that was the consummate actor as a as a raging bikey, if I ever seen one, you know yes oh, for sure, for sure, consummate, I mean, with that hair streaming out back bare-chested, He's like the modern-day Buccaneer. Yeah. Otis-nickle. Yeah. Yep. He did, sure. he did. He got some. I, I talked about the acting with him and Sayido, and they told me about getting some classes and get the sag card and
0: stuff like that. So they kind of like helped me in the beginning. If you remember that great movie Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Right. Man, he, right. He, a he had there. a decent
2: part in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with Don Johnson, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and, Mickey, uh... and Mickey Rourke. And who? Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Mickey Rourke, yeah. So that was a great movie with him with the wrestler, though. Wasn't that
0: consummate? That was iconic. Oh, was He awesome.
2: did such a great job on that.
0: Great did you think stuff. it was very uh, true, like, true to life? I like... think
2: so, especially at that time. They were getting into the real weird stuff,
0: you know, the hardcore stuff, the
2: glass. I pictured that. But he portrayed it tremendously. Gave him another life. Gave him a real. Uh, gave him another boost with his acting because he was kind of on the outs. He just really didn't act for like so many years before that. He would just go to the gym and work out, and then just rely on his royalties. But that was a nice rebirth for him.
0: Plus, you don't got to take bumps or hurt hurt yourself. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I haven't yeah. met him. I'd like to meet him someday.
0: I'm sure I will. Yeah. he uh, I guess he is a pretty big wrestler. I mean, he was a part of uh, that WrestleMania with Jericho, too. I think it was WrestleMania 25 with Chris Jericho. Oh, Garibald. yeah, yeah.
2: And he was also part of the boxing stuff, too, right?
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because I know he was into the boxing. Yeah. As far as, like, Andre the Giant, another guy I'm thinking of, just an iconic guy of that era. Were you close with Andre at all? Was he friendly? Was he likable? Andre he... just
2: kept to himself, you know? You didn't want to mess with Andre. He just...
0: Wanted to keep to himself.
2: If he talked, he, you know, you respond. But um, he had starting getting some health ailments. You could just see in the manner of his walking, and it was very, very hard for him breathing and stuff. So I, uh, no, I. Uh, I just I just stayed back unless he talked to me, yeah. Because he's he wasn't
0: feeling too good.
2: Put it that way.
0: Were those drinking stories about him? Are those true? Or are those a little exaggerated?
2: Uh, that was that was during my time or before my time, but I I don't know. I don't know. I never went out. I know we could put him away though, I bet. <laughs> I know I know that he used to always get a bottle. Someone would get him a bottle of, like, brandy or something right after the match. He probably wolfed the whole thing down. He was a drinker, there's no doubt about it. But maybe that was masking the pain because killing him so
0: much. Right. As we head towards the wind-down, we head towards the finish. Got to ask, though, how come you really left the WWF when Ken Patera came back? Did they not want two strong men that's together? That's exactly
2: it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, John. And that gave them, for me... To go away and become a heel, so that was working out well up in Calgary and down in Texas. But um, I never, I never came back. But that was, that was it, pretty much.
0: So when did you? you know, Ken, fi-
2: Ken had, Ken had been, you know, a mainstay, a fixture with them. You know. Oh yeah. Yep. So, but they wanted me to become. I guess if they had me as a face, then I would have stayed. But I didn't want to become a face. You know. Yeah. I, they wanted me to be a heel. And they were going to work out something with uh me even going up against Dino Bravo cuz he tried to f- do the match with the weights and stuff and it he actually he actually failed a 700 pounds lift with fa- with fake weights. Didn't go. That didn't happen on national TV. I kind of laughed my ass off. But <laughs> um no, I uh yeah, that's why. That's
0: why. And then just life took a different turn. So when did you officially retire from the ring? I'd say when I got out of Texas. So it was probably like late 87. Yeah, yeah, like 88. Yeah, like 88. All right. And as we uh, we're finishing up here, the your career, just thinking about it, powerlifting, world record, world strongest man, WWF superstar, you know, the whole thing. What is kind of what you say is your lasting legacy or your stamp, even your acting as well. Like what would you think if somebody said Ted R C D and, and you know they're looking back at your career and your legacy?
2: Uh definitely the first man of bench seven. That doesn't seem to get old. Uh, and um wrestler and actor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Seems to be a great career. Legendary career that you know, you definitely made yourself famous in a few different places, which is hard to do. I mean, it's hard to make yourself famous in one genre, and you did it basically right, right. in three different ones. So it's quite a career and quite a stamp looking back.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm very happy about that. I think that goes to my upbringing, you know, credit for that, my ethics, my morals. I was always a worker, and uh, from my mother, uh, she always said, practice those. You could have the time make the time to practice you practice whatever you will get better at it, and it made perfect sense and uh now being in this genre it's uh it's grace i i 'll do this till i right die acting. I love it, but i I will never you know forget and always hold high regard uh the journey getting to this point, starting with the uh the world record lift and the journey into pro wrestling. I mean, that was great. That was a big accomplishment and um, not a lot of people can do that. So I'm very, very lucky, very fortunate. Thank God every day.
0: And you got a big virtual signing for captain's corner going yeah, on, which is, corner which is great. Call, right? Yep. And that'll be uh, on Facebook live. So that's very, very cool stuff that you got going on there. Now, do you have any social media or anything else as far as, like, plugs and stuff where people can find you? don't know, I don't. You don't really do social
2: I, media. Uh, I never get into that because, you know, with IMDB, the acting, like if you just type in Ted Aracidi, it comes up everything, wrestling, acting, uh, you know, lifting. So I've got just pages and pages. So I don't need an ID. I don't need, like, a press kit because they, all they got to do is plug in the name, you know.
0: Yes, very, very true. Yeah. Now, now, just uh, one last thing. When can we see you in Ray Donovan? And th- I guess hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, the, there's Joe and Ray
2: uh, reruns of Ray Donovan, and now they got the uh,
0: the whole series
2: online now, online, on uh, Apple, and you can buy it, you know, on demand. And, uh, yeah, you can see me, and then uh, hopefully we've got more stuff coming up this year. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's always good. It's always good when someone comes up to me on the set and says, hey, I used to watch you wrestle. They they bring up the benching and stuff for us because it all started in the gym,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Was,
2: you know, most of us wrestlers, when you think about it, we're basically gym rats. That's what we were, you know? So I like that. That's like really going back to, like, the struggle, just being, you know, just trying to be the strongest in the fucking gym that's cool. So there's occasionally people that come up to me from that, and that's awesome. That's awesome. But I am very blessed to be able to work both mediums now, especially with the Internet. It's like a whole new life.
0: Yes. You know, yep. that's an amazing thing. It's crazy. You get to live on forever with the, not only WV network, but anywhere on the Internet, to YouTube, and with yeah. your, and your LJN figure. I mean, you basically yeah. get to live on forever.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm very lucky. I never thought it turned out like this. So yeah, we get a lot of people that come up to get a picture and stuff like that. They come to the store. They find out that I have my store in Manchester, New Hampshire, and uh, that's great. They come up, Connecticut, New York, because you know they I'm not around. You know they want you know they got time. They could come up. It's not a signing like a a place. They could come up here whatever they want. I'm not going to charge him
0: for an autograph. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate all the time today, and uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, good thanks, luck John. with I'm all sure the acting. will be
2: talking to you down the road, too.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for thank the you. opportunity. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube.
1: The is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first
4: to my right, Hoboken, New Jersey, weighing 235 pounds, Mario Mancini. And his opponent from Boston, Massachusetts, weighing 285 pounds, the strongest man in the world today, Ted Arcini. Ted City, and... Uh... Yeah, this this human being has done a bench press that is phenomenal. 705 and a half pounds, McMahon. Arsidi, 705 pounds, that is unbelievable. Certainly displaying some of his strength in the ring uh, against Mancini at the moment. Well, definitely, he has the strength. Going for the leg now. Look at the legs on this man, notwithstanding the upper body. And uh, Mancini slammed quite easily. By Ted Arcidi as Mancini back to the rope. What is this? That is a bear hug sure is. Yeah. That's a bear hug and an introduction to a turnbuckle. Ted City with Mario Mancini shoves him to the ropes, tries to set him up, shoulder block. And I'll tell you, Mancini hasn't done a thing with this guy. Oof. Wow I'm impressed Vince McMahon and I don't impress easy look at that one handed body slam world's strongest human being Ted City. what's he gonna do now ooh wow right into the kidneys Arcidi with Mancini passing right across the back. Now, does does that hold look familiar, McMahon? Yes, it does. My, my, my. We've seen Jesse DeBody, as a matter of fact, use that very same hold. The winner of this bout, Ted Arcidi. Arcidi victorious in. uh, seems to be uh quite spellbound this guy's put together mcmahon look at them traps and deltoids he is an awesome sight
3: isn't he sort of an
4: arrogant sort of custo, isn't he I, that's what i like about him he is arrogant let's He's go back arrogant. to the uh, like replay All right, here we go with the replay now there you see our cd picking up mancini quite easily and a la Jesse Body, right over the top with the reverse backbreaker. And I imagine this guy can definitely put some hurts on your body as it doesn't take Mancini very long, McMahon, to say uncle, if that's indeed what he said up there. <laughs> I imagine he was uh, saying all sorts of stuff. But nonetheless, Ted Arcidi making his World Wrestling Federation debut in a successful manner. And he is an awesome looking creature. Mm, my goodness. What sort of future do you think he's going to have, Jesse? Well, I think he's got a great future. He looks a little bit rough on the edges right now, but maybe with the proper tutelage of the right manager, or maybe, you know, if he worked out with someone like me. Well, you have a point get, there. He could it... get the polish that's needed, but this guy's definitely got the championship potential it's written all over him. Ted city world's strongest human being with a French press of 750.
1: Federation action coming up in just a moment or two certainly one of the greatest cities in all of the world has got to be the hometown for my guests at this time I'm talking about Boston Massachusetts and I'm talking about strongman Ted RCD Ted come on in Ted what a Thank tremendous you addition you have been to the World Wrestling Federation and many are calling you right now the world's strongest man is that title bother you at all
5: no I think it's it's, it's just right I, uh, I set all the records in powerlifting, and I'm making my way, you know, up to that number one slot, hopefully, in the World Wrestling Federation. I've used my brute strength to the best of my ability, you know, just annihilating my opponents, and I uh, know, I think the title fits great.
1: You know, that. strength certainly comes in handy here in the World Wrestling Federation, but you've got to have more than that going for you, Ted. You've got to have wrestling skill, wrestling knowledge.
5: You mean like wrestling savvy? That's exactly That's right. what you're talking about? Precisely. Okay, that's good. Well, as long as we get that straight. Uh, I'm working on that. Um, I, I think I'm getting it. The the strength is always there. And that savvy, that's working itself in there. I'm a quick learner, you know, Gene. Well, I, I think that's pretty that's quick. That's very... I mean, you've seen the matches, haven't you?
1: I have seen them indeed. And, and you've and... seen my biceps, too, right? Can we get a shot Let's of get
5: this? A shot. A camera six, like that, huh?
1: That's camera seven uh, that were looking at right that there. Is
5: that's seven, okay. That is seven, okay. Yeah. 26 inches. Not 24, 26.
1: All right. Ted, our city, I've got to say something about your hometown, Boston. Isn't that a great city? Phenomenal city. The lobsters? The lobsters. The baked beans? The baked beans? Harvard Yard. Harvard Yard, I Harvard to, Square? Harvard Square, right. Did you park cars and
5: buy? Bar- I used to park cars when I was in college, yeah. But, uh, you know, right now, I'm, I'm at the best store.
6: and put that man into a place that is compromising, and now look what's happening, and our CD
7: is certainly paying for it. Stud unloading now with the heavy artillery, those heavy forearms taking their toll. If I were stud, I don't think I'd be hitting him in the pectoral area, that's a strong point. But he hesitated for just a moment. And Studd is saying, Go ahead, hit me. And RCD is obliging. Oh, Stud back in control once again. And he's taunting the big guy from Bean Town, saying, Come on, hit me. He doesn't know how to get the leverage behind those blows up. No, if, if he did, if he did oh, but... he'd have had
6: Stud flat on his back and out.
7: stud spins him around with a handful of hair, oh right in the eye. Come on, referee.
6: So many stumbles beginning to feel the
7: power of those big forearms,
6: and he decided it was better to do something about it than just taunt him.
7: Look out, Big Ten hit for the ride. Wow, he hit right on of an angle. Alright! Oh, And John started waiting for him with open arms. Yes, and
6: he's saying there's plenty more where that comes from. He's going to turn him around and beat his chest in now. Boom! Oh, oh he's saying to oh, seen, that's the way it's done.
4: Welcome to the real world.
6: He
7: he got to mount some kind of offense here very shortly or Stud's going to take him right out of the picture. He really will and
6: Studd is a punishing, punishing wrestler and he knows just how to make a rookie like RCD pay for his mistakes. Well, RCD challenged him in his hometown and Stud is not slow to point out to his own home crowd or RCD's home crowd here
7: the folks the and the jinx in the armor i wonder just how good how in condition our city is whether it is in real cap notch condition because if you run out of gas out there with big john you will put your way.
6: was able to cover that a little bit with his arm. RCD see inexperience there, didn't push his arms down. Otherwise, he'd have done a lot more
7: damage to Stud. Looks like World War III going on here. And they don't want to stop. The Bell is rung. This match is over, but they don't care. Oh, look at that. He's done well one too many times. I John Studd just shoved him off there. I'm afraid you don't catch John Studd that easily. Arcidi wants back inside the ring. I don't think he knows know. that the match is over. No, I, I don't think he wants this match to be over. He wants to show his own people here how he can deal with stuff. Arsini appears to me to be out of gas, Alfred. Yes, I think he was. That took the sap out of Arcidi. Stunt's not coming back in. He's no dummy. Let's get the official word. Ladies and gentlemen, the referee has counted both men out of the ring. The double countdown. Well, we didn't really prove anything in this match other than Ted Arcidi could match strength with Big John Studd. Maybe the World Wrestling Federation Matchup Committee will see fit to make this a return match.